0: Ladies and gentlemen, the recipient of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and the world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, as always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and the world from itself, starting with me. So, as always, I want to thank you so much. For listening to the show. I know our audience is growing and I'm very flattered and every time I do this, I, I actually I, I, I write a few notes and, and, and I try to be as impromptu as possible so it's as real as possible. And yet every time I, I do a show, it makes me want to become a better person. You know, just heed my own advice and, and be chipper and happy and hopefully to be of service. Because I know how busy everybody is, and there's always something going on. And the fire department we have a saying, the world is always going to be on fire. You just don't want to be the fuse, per se. So I just appreciate it very, very much. If you're new, uh, uh, it's a different type of show. It's kind of a common sense show uh, with some topical topics. But it's always about how you can be better, live a brighter, happier life more fulfilled life, uh, a chipper life, eyes on the horizon, chin up type life. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not the most articulate host, and I am definitely not a master professional motivational speaker. Those clowns, I think, have left the circus. Good for them. But I will always give you my best. I think if um, I look at and we'll talk about it a little bit later here, when I, as, as I look at my life, and I do that a lot now, You know, particularly that I'm a little bit older and, 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 you know, by myself and the kids are raised and so forth. You know, I I really cannot believe the adventures I've been allowed to have. And I know I'm very fortunate, but my key to my success, if you want to write this down, if you're taking notes, is I've always given everything my absolute best. That's it. That's the ticket. So if you are in a struggle, please keep, like they say, when Winston Churchill says, when you're going through hell, you just keep going. Brad Pitt, World War Z, we talk about it all the time. Life is movement, so you've got to keep moving. And we'll tie that in to the, at the end of the show. But anyways, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us a listen. So the first question we uh, always ask in the show is, how are you? How are you doing today? Are you having a good day? If not, it's up to you to make it a good day. Make it a bright day. I always tell people if you're not doing too well, look at the world around you. Make things better for them makes it better for you in a sense. You know, it's, there's always someone who's having a worse day than you, or you can look at the news for goodness sakes if you want to be filled with doom and gloom. But please take good care of yourself. And all that you do, please take care of you. Get good sleep. Get good exercise. Stay busy. Keep moving. Do what you have to do. Get all your... I like to get my work done as soon as possible. Why? So I can relax. I love to relax. But I have to do my work first. But I'm learning. And I actually, I'm doing a, a lot of uh, reading. I'll, I'll try to do a show next time about stress. and Particularly as we grow older, how it really affects us more. So it's so important that in all that you do, you take care of you. All right. So before we begin officially, want to wish everybody a very, very happy 4th of July. A safe, happy 4th of July, for goodness sakes. Uh, because of we're not in lockdown anymore, I'm seeing so many families come up to the Russian River, and it just excites me to see kids play in the river with their canoes and kayaks and just... You know, just kids being kids, being outside, for goodness sakes, just makes me so happy. So I want to say a happy and safe 4th of July to everyone. So here we go. So I do a lot of reading. I love to read. I'm actually rereading books I haven't read in a good 10 years. And, And I'm at the age, I'm thinking, gosh, this might be the last time I read this one book. I'm going through my whole library, for goodness sakes. And I read a local article, and it was very, it was very heartfelt. Uh, uh, the, the lady, the writer for the newspaper, local newspaper, wrote an article thanking everybody for her son's graduation. And I thought, wow, that's kind of odd. I, I didn't know teachers were nice. I didn't know that counselors in school did so well. I did not know this. And I'm being snarky, of course, because no one loves teachers more than me, if, 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 if you know my background. But she thanked the counselors at the school who took the extra time to guide her son who's graduating this year uh, uh, to to get into the right college. And she she, she had a few sentences about their sports coaches from, from kindergarten all the way to high school. And she thanked her neighbors for the carpool. And she thanked everybody who basically had a piece of her son's heart. And I thought, that was just so kind and so nice coaching you think about it from conception to get out of the house how many millions of people do we come across that had an effect on our lives cuz some- hopefully a good effect and even sometimes if someone wasn't nice to us maybe they inspired us to be a better person to not be a, a bad person not be a bully but to be you know to give advice to, to lend a hand to lend an ear and I thought that was a remarkable, a remarkable article. And she just said, you know, it takes more than a village to raise a single child. And I thought, yes, that is true. Which made me think, ladies and gentlemen, of all the people in my life that have helped me or inspired me or saved me. For those you don't know, I was saved by teachers. They put their careers on the line in the Bay Area in the early 70s when the, we didn't have penal codes to protect children or those trying to protect children school nurse a principal my teachers a police officer he was even afraid I don't know if I can take custody of this kid I don't know if it's legal but they did and then on my path I was in social services foster care it's so weird people say you're a pretty nice guy Dave and you're pretty polite your parents must be so proud I'm going well yes my foster parents are yes they're the ones that raised me I was an animal basically living in, a, in in a basement for goodness sakes no motor skills didn't know anything about hygiene didn't didn't barely can talk for goodness sakes S- stuttered when i got so nervous and my social workers were so sweet and kind to me and my foster parents i remember my my neighbors i moved into this one neighborhood in Menlo Park and they have never seen a foster child before and they thought oh my my friends paul and dave they thought oh my god who'd you kill man like wow, man! To be in foster care, you went to juvenile hall. Well, Austin, tell us about it. I'm like, no, that's that's not that's not a positive experience. <laughs> and yet, people like my neighbors, Mister Brazil. He was he was the Grand Torino, Mister the, the the GM craftsman of, of of the street. He can fix anything. Mister Michael Marsh. This man, his vernacular was liquid. Whenever he spoke, he stopped. I mean, it was just amazing to be accepted or to. He'd advice from strangers that really, really put me on a nice path. And then, of course, my Air Force family, when I flew for the Air Force, and recently my firefighter family. I cannot begin to explain how my life was supposed to be. At age 14, and I've told this story before, I was I was told by the, by the senior child psychiatrist there was no chance in hell that I would make it because my abuse was so sustained and, 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 and it's, you know, from a very early age before the age of four and I was finally rescued at age 12. I had no social skills, you know, no, no trust, no bonding. It says there's, there's no way he's gonna make it. It was actually predicted I'd be dead or in prison at a very young age. And I had my foster mom on one side and my beautiful social worker on the other side. And I thought to myself, if I can do this as a kid, Survive all that I did as a child. If I can be this, it won't be that difficult. It was a challenge in foster care, challenge in the Air Force. But, you know, you just make it happen. But it's the people that you meet along the way. Does that make sense? It's amazing. Even people that, that, that put me down, you know, that I got bullied in school because I was in foster care. Or even the Air Force. They didn't want a high school stuttering dropout with a low... Uh, scores, aptitude scores, and so forth. And yet somehow that made me want it more. Even my mom. My mom, in a way, inspired me. She says, I was a horrible child. I wanted to be the best child I could. She says, you're stupid. You're slow. You're never going to make it. And I would just go, I would try harder. Sometimes inspiration can be from a, you know, double-edged sword. It's what you do with it. Does that make sense? Because inside, I always knew. I always knew how to stay focused. If my mom didn't feed me, I'd steal food. If she caught me stealing food, I would steal food in a different manner. I learned kinesiology at age 7 or 8, what muscles to tighten up when she hit me, how to form into a ball, even how to, like, fake crying, oh, my goodness, whatever. I just And the thing is, I just did what I had to do. And life, when you get pushed up against that wall, you're either going to freeze you're going to come up with a thought and activate on that thought and hopefully you learn from it. Life is hard. As, is Life is hard. I can't believe we can go through life as much as we do. But you know what? You're going to find out who you are. And then when people are nice to you, hopefully you can soak it up like a sponge. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, in life, how, how you can be inspired by a simple nudge. How maybe one word can really inspire you to do something, a sentence, a gesture, and so forth, and at the right place, at the right time, especially when, when that kindness comes from genuine people who are concerned about you. That's what we have to do, is we have to be open. And I'll say this, I've said it before, and I will say this to my end of days, simply put, I am here on this planet, I am still alive, not in jail, by the grace of others. Does that make sense? As I will say this, none of us are self-made. None of us. I used to kind of think I was self-made, and then I kind of got smart and realized, no. No. Hundreds of thousands of people made me the person I am today, at this moment, talking to you. Again, I'm not the most articulate person. I have a good heart. It's very difficult for me to speak at times. Very difficult. But I try my best. It's amazing though. When a, to me, I, I I think as I grow older and I'm alone, life is a funny thing, especially those who come in and out of your lives in time of need. I call those tumblers. Tumblers. How everything just tumbles in. It's 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 a mechanism. It's like a Swiss watch. It comes so perfectly. There was a. I gotta tell you, there was a lady. Uh, that and, and I've not talked about her. I've never talked about her. And, and, and we'll, f- we'll figure this out in a little bit. Her name's Miss Howe. She was a school librarian. And as a child, one of the things I did is, is I would bring home all these books so my mom wouldn't beat me up so <laughs> much. Because, <laughs> you know, I, she, she, she always thought uh, uh, I have to do all the homework. Otherwise, they might ask questions. Why isn't Dave doing this homework, Mrs. Pelzer? So I would bring home extra books. And I remember uh, I would go to the librarian, uh, the librarian, Mrs. Howe, Miss Betty Howe, was there. And she was such a sweet, beautiful person. She had the kindest eyes. And over time, uh, I I spent a lot of time in the library, you know, because I I just, it sounds horrible, but I didn't really sleep at my mother's house. And I would actually sleep in the library. It got to the point that um, I would read books under a table. And Mrs. Howe was so sweet, she had a table for me and would use a cloth to cover the table, and I would f- make it into a fort, and she'd have, like, a cookie for me or a piece of sandwich or so forth, and I would read and actually fall asleep in the library under this table. I remember uh, she gave me a book one time. It was called Chemo and Madame Pele. It was about a little orphan boy my age in Hawaii and how Madame Pele was uh, Mount Kilauea. And, and it was a brand-new book, and I just could relate to that book. And years later, as an adult, I actually have a copy of that book in my library for my grandson to have. And I really fell in love with Miss Howe. She was just the sweetest person to me. And I remember she had, like, smiling eyes. And, and, and when I was not doing well, she would always play this one song for me. It was called, um, what was it? It was The Beatles' Octopus's Garden. I'd like to be under the sea, in an octopus's garden, in the shade. Oh, what joy for every girl and boy, knowing that they're happy and they're safe. We would be so happy, you and me, in an octopus's garden with you. And I thought she would kind of hum it to me, and and I couldn't speak very well, so i kind of hum it back to her at times. And it really had an effect on my life. And I haven't thought about Mrs. Howe until after my... Uh, I went to the funeral service for Missus Woodworth, my teacher, a few months back, and I said, "Is Missus Howell still with us?" And someone says, "Oh no, she she passed she passed away years ago." Dave and I thought, "Wow, no one told me!" My goodness, I was a little heartbroken. And then I of folks, out of nowhere this week, I got an email from her, and and I, I just couldn't believe it. It went up to my uh, the chain of command from down south with Miss Esty. My director, she emailed me a copy, and I'm going. We got to get her number. So we, <laughs> why didn't we get her phone number? And I actually had the opportunity to speak to her yesterday, and she still has that charming voice. I can still see her in my head with her smiling eyes, and I just thanked her. And she, because she said, "Oh, Dave, you know, uh, we're all proud of you. You know, you overcame a lot." And, and, and she said, some, you know, you're the, you are the epitome of a self-made man. And I, I gushed. I said, well, thank you, Ms. Howe, because I still call her Miss Howe. Out of respect, I says, but no, it's not that way. I says, again, I'm here by your grace. Every time I look at that book, Akemo, uh, Madame Pele, in my vast, I have thousands and thousands of books over the course of my life, I think of you. And, you know, I wanted her to feel good. Does that, does that make sense? I just, again, when you're, when you're young and you're busy, you're trying to survive the rat race. And then you have kids and your life stops, you know, because it's about the family. And then there's the career involved. And there's always something. And then, you know, it's like running a race, a marathon. And you kind of slow down as you grow older. And you think about all the people that come coming in and out of your life, if that makes sense. It's amazing, because when you get older, you see things more sharply, more clearly. It's like a new pair of glasses, a new pair of reading glasses. Everything seems to be sharper. At the same time, to me, it's about time and energy. How much time and energy do, do, do you waste? Or I, I mean, how many years have we wasted being mad about something of no significance or not letting something go? I have a hard time letting things go. I know I do. But if I've learned anything in life, it's how precious it is, how it can be taken away in a, in a beat of a heart, and other things in our lives that leave us too, whether it's our health, our family, or friends, lovers, spouses, whoever. Life is a funny thing, but sometimes all it does to get back on course is just a spark. And then, boom, you're off and running to the races. So I wanted to just pay a tribute to Miss Howe, for goodness sakes. I have a picture of my teachers. I don't have a lot of. I told you last show that we do have one celebrity photo, mm-hmm, of my golf instructor. But I'd rather have photos. I have a photo of the 20-year anniversary, and there's Mr. Ziegler, Miss Constant, Miss Woodworth, and Miss Howe is in that photo, and that's in my little law, for goodness sakes. And sometimes when you're inspired by. Someone you don't have to have a relationship with them. You read about them or see them and so forth. I mean, I've been inspired. I read lots of books. Like, on Harry Truman was like 900 pages. It took me like a year and a half to read that and his thought process. Or someone like a Robin Williams, Lee Iacocca, uh, Kelly Johnson, the the aeronautical engineer. A lot of people don't know who he is. He was with the SR-71. He invented it. He designed it. And I read about him. I'm going, wow. And there was a a gentleman in his eight in the mid eighties that 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 really kind of igni- reignited me to focus more and to be more optimistic and to try just a little bit more and i remember uh it, it got to the point this this man was so huge uh in the eighties they took a poll it was like a time gallop poll they said who are the three more famous people in the world right now and uh they they said they said uh God, Jesus Christ, and Arnold. And God came in third place. (laughs) And it was, and of course, I'm talking about Mr. Schwarzenegger. And it wasn't about the movies or the the muscle, you know, the the bodybuilding thing. But I I just started reading articles, and his name came up like, here's a guy who's very driven, who's optimistic. He's so excited about living in America, and I there would be books about him and articles, and I thought, what is what makes Arnold Arnold? And I dove into all that, and he came over from Austria. Uh, uh, his big dream at age twelve, he you know in a small town of Austria, his life changed. He saw his first movie. I'm going, well, I saw my first movie in foster care. I saw James Bond. That changed my life. He saw Hercules, and I think the actor's name was a. Uh, Reg or Reggie Parks, if I'm correct. And he had the muscles and so forth, and he was doing, you know, ousting the bad guys with his sword and his strength, feats of strength. And Arnold says, I'm going to go to America. I'm going to be not an actor. I'm going to be a movie star. Okay, yeah, good luck with that. And eventually, through the help of others, he came to America. He was sponsored. uh, uh, He worked. I remember he had this little room above a gym this tiny room, and he was a big guy. They gave him a twin old mattress. He says, you need anything else? I need I need the blender for my protein shakes. Okay, see you later, pal. And then he basically just, you know, worked his butt off. A lot of It's amazing. Like when you publish a book, people think, oh, you just wrote this in, a, in an hour. And it happened to get published a, a day later, and you're on the New York Times. I'm going, no, this is a – this is – this is a feat to, 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 to get a book published, even for me, you know, with all my successes. And it takes a long time, and you hear a lot of, you hear the N-word. The N-word is, for me, is no. I heard it all my life. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. You're a foster care. You're a geeky kid. I mean, I, used, I got to the point when I was trying to join the Air Force, I liked the word no, because I would do it anything I could to get in, if I can, you know, just get my foot in the door, I'm going to attempt to try, and I'm not going to yield. And I saw that as I studied Mr. Schwarzenegger for so, for, for so forth. I just loved his confidence and his dedication, whether it was bodybuilding and, and, and spending eight hours and, and, and studying. He studied kinesiology and the muscles development and so forth. Or or even his he had a devil smile. He's his smile in the eighties, like, oh my God. It was it was he's a lot of mischief in that smile. So what it did for me as a young person made me want to work I was always working out, but I just worked out a little bit sharper or better and with more intensity. And you have to understand I'm five foot eleven, six foot, and and I had no mass. No mass, but my body at the time was just it was cut, but what we call shred or whatever. You know, I, 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 and, and I was proud of that because I would read this article about Arnold, or how we did this and do that. I'm going, wow, this is, you know, I'm never going to be like that, and that's not my goal. But it made me focus my intensity more, which made me focus to become a better air crew member. And anything I did, I just wanted to give it my best. Now, over... The course of a time, uh, we've met a few times, and, and I always give him a, a, a nice cigar. and He always kind of pats me on the shoulder, you the guy that does my voice. And and you know, once in a while, we'll do an Arnold off like, Arnold, how are we doing today, Governor? we fantastic because that's his favorite word. That's right, David. Everything's fantastic. Should I get the bazooka now, Arnold? Get the bazooka, Pelzer. We go. <laughs> and I have a few photos, but I gotta tell you, they're not in frames. You know, I, I like. I like him for what he became. he became, what he represented, you know, that you can come from little to nothing. And if you have some hope and, and, and aspiration and a little bit of luck, I mean, you can. I truly believe that our country is the most amazing country on this planet, this experiment called democracy. And democracy isn't easy. We've seen that, and we'll see it here in the next few months during the election. I hope everything will be peaceful and so forth. But in all the places of the planet and I've been all over the world, we are the epitome of joy and happiness and a chance to succeed. And I've always because in part because you know it's 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 what my programming is, I've always worked out. I'm trying to eat better. Good luck with that. I love my pasta. I know I shouldn't have a sto- – I, I, I may not have a stogie for over six months, and then I'll have two or three a week, for goodness sakes. But I've always worked out. But over time, you know, it, you know it's kind of – it's, it's it, it slided a little bit. In my 50s, uh, because I was a firefighter, I really tried to work out. I would do what's called a pack test. And you have to wear certain uh, weights – And, you know, do uh, do a little thing for a couple, three miles at a certain amount of time. And I always did that. Got to the point when I was a new firefighter, I did the confidence course. You put on your turnouts, uh, your breathing apparatus, you go on air, and you carry 20 pounds in each hand. And there's a station, you got to do 20 push-ups. You take the sledgehammer, you pound it to move that 75-pound tire. A pike pole, you got to put it up in the air 40 times in like 20 seconds. And I remember that one particular day, I I stupidly worked out at the gym, did the confidence course. Then I had a swim class because I was doing some more, I wanted to get some more agility. And I did that all in a single day, and I was so proud of myself. But then life happened. You see, it can be an excuse, and you can do something with it, or in my case, I just have to own it. There was my divorce, my unexpected divorce, and that really took the wind out of my sails, and I lost a relative who took his life. That really frightened me to the core. And then, of course, our friend COVID came, and I just felt spent, and I was going between two different fire districts. I kind of worked out after you know the COVID thing, but it just didn't have that energy that I should have had. I was kind of going through the motions. I have to admit it. I was working out, but I didn't have that zeal. When you're going through life, you should be excited about every day. When you wake up and you go into work, you should be excited to go to work. Now, when you're young, you got to grind it out, baby. you got to grind it out. But for the most part, as you become more ensconced in your career, you should be happy. and everything you do, you should be happy. And if you're not happy, you've got to make yourself happy. You want to stay away from toxic people, toxic situations, less drama in your life, less rocks in your psychological backpack, less stress. They say, as we grow older, and we'll do it on probably the next show, as we grow older, we accumulate so much stress and it basically kills you. We should be happy. The one thing I think if my mom gave me a gift, she made me want it more. She really, really did. And I swear to you, every, every bite of food, I'm so happy. I, I have clean sheets at least three times a month. Clean sheets. I can shower. I shampoo. I mean, everything to me is like, wow, fantastic. I always try to have a nice attitude particularly as I grow older and see how fortunate I am. Once a month I give out socks. I go to Costco, I buy the 8 pack of socks and I buy uh, like this, this time I bought 15 sets. I worked out today, did a good job and I saw uh, some folks not doing too well and I cannot begin to tell you how much joy they bring me like they're very sincere, thank you. Thank you for the socks. Uh, I'm going to give some out to my friends. Yes, give them out. Distribute them. And I'll be back. I'll see you next month. Be safe. God bless you. And, you know, you I deliberately try to shake their hand, whatever. And and, and some folks, you know, you, you got to be careful. You don't want to spook them and scare them. But it brings me so much joy. It inspires me to be a better person. Does that make sense? So anyhow, I you know, been working out and I had COVID COVID came a, a few months ago. And I, I think I almost had my taste buds back after two and a half months or, ago from COVID. And I'm trying to work out, was trying to work out to get back in the thing there. And I just didn't, I don't know. It was kind of, I was not, well, I was going through the motions. Not as, I didn't feel like I did in my youth. I was so excited to go to the gym in my youth I was so excited as a firefighter to stay in shape. And I kind of slid, which is, is, is kind of normal. So out of nowhere, uh, uh, two people, I think two or three people, and in, in less than 24 hours, they say, Dave, you've got to watch this series. What? You've got to watch this series. This is so you. I'm going, what? Okay, what you got? Okay. Foo bar. What? I said, I saw the movie with Tina Fey. Fantastic. says, no. Your buddy Arnold's in it. What? Like, what? Arnie? He's still acting? Really? No way. Arnie is, what, 75, I think? Whatever. Maybe 77? And, and the, the food bar, it's a Netflix thing. You know, we talked about it a little bit last episode. It's the Keystone Cops meets Mission Impossible meets True Lies. And you can tell that Arnold, the actor, is really having fun in this role. You can just, And he's got that devil's smile again. And I'm going, wow, this is cool. And they said, now here's the kick, Pelzer. Now you have to watch this series called Arnold. It's a three-part series on Netflix. And, and it's, it's done so well. It's just three episodes. I think they're about an hour each. And the first episode is about him becoming an athlete, coming uh, to, to, to America, and how his focus as a bodybuilder and what he did with that. Hmm, yeah. Uh, they, they said, he heard no a million times. He couldn't even speak English. One of his first movies was like, Hercules Goes to New York or Hercules Goes Bananas. They had to dub his voice. It was so terrible. And the, f- the, the film was like, okay, we're not going to release this. This is so bad. You know, this is bad. And he got to play Hercules. He thought, this would be fantastic. And his big break, of course, was with um, uh, Dino De Laurentiis, uh, John Milis's, uh Conan the Barbarian. And Arnold met with the producer. And, the f- and sometimes, and I do this too, I get so nervous. I'll say something so stupid. And people look at me like, I thought you were smart, Pelzer. Uh, not today. So Arnold walks in to Dino De Laurentiis's, uh, uh office. And the first words he b- b- blathered was, why does a small man like you have such a big desk? And Dino says, get out of here. His agent was with him. He says, Arnold, congratulations. That meeting lasted less than two minutes, and you're fired. <laughs> I'll be back. And and Arnold, you know, because no one wanted Arnold. They didn't want, you know, they wanted, uh, they wanted uh, Paul Newman. They wanted uh, Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman. They wanted actors. And they didn't want muscle men who didn't speak English very well. And yet he persisted, and I really admired that. And he took all the classes for sword play and everything. And he he didn't want to ride the horse like other actors. He says, I want to own the horse. I mean, he took extra riding classes because he's a big guy and he has to shift his weight. And it got to the point, I mean, yeah, him and the horse were one. And I love that dedication. So anyhow, the first episode is about him becoming an athlete, then the actor. And the third one uh, it's it's it's. I think it's called uh, the American, and it talks about him running for uh, the governor's office. And and toward the end of this episode is the most important part because you know he's he, he they show him driving his own tank and they show him with his beautiful homes and they show him you know with the cigar and I'm smiling all the time because I like big houses. I'm a very big man. And then toward the end of the third episode, he talks about his struggles and his failures and you can tell it was very sincere i mean this is a huge production how they filmed this it's amazing they went back to austria uh, they went back to venice beach you know interviewing people and 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 so forth and it's it's really warmed my heart to see him talk about his failures his divorce his failures on 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 a couple films uh, how his ego got a little bit in the way. And he talked about how he fathered a child that, that no one knew about until it just it basically exploded in his face. And he finally, there Maria and him were in counseling. And the therapist says, Maria has a question. And the question is, do you have another child? And, you know, that, that just destroyed the marriage, of course. And, 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 ta- and he talked about the losses in his life. What I thought was so poignant, and I'll I'll never forget the words he says, I've never been in love with a man like my brother Franco, Franco Colombo. He brought him over from overseas to come. to. He sponsored him to come, and they would work out together. Arnold lost his brother, who was uh, the the, the good child, you know, the, 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 the older child, you know, and that was a big thing back in Austria, you know, back in that day. His father was a police officer. His father was very stern with Arnold, per se. And he talked about, you know, uh, how he says, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where there's a lot of losses. He lost his friend Ivan Reitman, the, the director who gave him the role Twins with Danny DeVito because Arnold wanted to do comedy. And he says, you can't do comedy. You're a sword guy. You're a Conan guy. Trust me, I can do comedy. He was always proving himself. And how he lost his his hero, Reg Parks, and so forth. And I thought, wow, wow. He's really owned his life, good and bad. Does that make sense? And it reminded me of my challenges. I mean, as as a child, the Air Force didn't want, as a teenager, the Air Force didn't want me. And I just kind of just bored through Again, at age 14, I was told I was going to be dead or in prison. I had to learn to speak in front of a mirror at age 14, A, B, C, D. And then I just slowly, slowly, slowly. That's the whole thing. You just got to persist. If you want to write down a note, write that down. You just got to persist. Find something that excites you. Find something that motivates you, that makes you happy. Okay, you're going to have to grind it out, 9 to 5, whatever, but maybe after hours you do something for you. It's amazing. It's amazing. No one and nothing is forever. When people say the word no, that's not for forever. It's just for now. Does that make sense? That's the gift I want to give you. No is not forever. Find a way. He wants some advice. Here it is. Left, right. Up, down. Over, under. Reassessed. Make your way. Find your way. Find your way to make it work. Does that make sense? Be open. Let others in. Be kind. Be humble. Be of purity of heart. Does that make sense? And throughout your life's journey, Always be happy. The one thing I I really picked up on, and and he admitted it. He says, "I he says I don't like it when people say I'm self made." And I thought, "What? This is coming from Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because back in his day, you he had a pretty big ego, and you know that that's pretty normal in that Hollywood business. He seems so." Grateful. And he even said that. He says, I'm grateful for the time I have. I'm so grateful, he said, for those who helped me along the way. Because think about it a 12 year old boy in Graz, Austria, there's there's not a lot of options. You know, maybe you join the army or join the police or, I mean, and you stay there. And he thanked people that helped him along the way. Does that make sense? Being grateful. That's what I learned from that one episode. And it's so weird because after watching that one episode, I, I flipped the switch. My workouts are more uh, hard for me, but I just have that little spark, you know, to, to, to pump more. Uh, do an extra set or two. I'm doing it slower, and I want to feel it. And when I walk out of the gym, I feel better. It's like, yes, yes. And it's not about the muscle thing, whatever. I know I'm not going to be 25, 30 (laughs) anymore. But it just inspires me to do better and be better. Because life is a long, hard road. And life is a funny thing. Because you never know what events may transpire. And you never know what the tide might bring in the next day. Hmm, I love that line. Or that unexpected connection from someone who made you feel safe in your own octopus's garden." I'm so grateful out of nowhere to, to reconnect with a lady who really, really changed my life. Just a book, just a song that we would hum, just a gesture just sleeping in her little fort that she made for me. It just makes me so grateful that I'm here, allowed to hopefully encourage and inspire others. And that's what I want to do. I wanna be a good person. I wanna be a better person. My program is I do three nice things a day. I try to make people laugh, but I want everybody to have the confidence that we can get through whatever is in our path. That's what I believe. So, in the words of the Terminator, and he says this, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a mantra for me now. Stay busy, stay focused, and keep moving, because I'll be back. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, very much for giving us a listen. I do hope you got something from this. I truly, truly do. And as always, I want to thank our friends Pat Matheny and Pat Metheny Management and Group for allowing us to do their music. I'm very honored to do that. Uh, As always, we still have a few books. I think we have, I think, 10 or 12 books left. If you would like my latest book, it would be my gift to you. Go to my website, uh, click on Radio Dave or the Dave Pelzer Show, the the little banner, type in your name and address, and it doesn't have to be for you. If you want a, a book for your friend or you think if someone's going through a little bit of a rough patch, I'd be more than happy to sign their name, write a inspirational uh, sentence or two, and mail it to them on my own time and dime. This is this is this is my honor for you listening to the show. Good day. Good luck, and God bless.